All right, so officially after many technical issues, welcome to episode three of Snap Aim Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about Scorn, um, my thoughts on that, and Overwatch 2, which I'm going to be talking about at length because, I mean, it, it's officially out now. Had some issues when it first launched, which I didn't actually experience any of the issues because I wasn't here, which is why this podcast episode has been delayed so much, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so let's start with Scorn, something I can kind of lightly touch on and spend a little less time on. So, you know, um, Scorn is okay. I'm slightly disappointed. It is a first person sort of action game. It's not really an FPS, but I mean, it's a game that I was really interested in that I just kept hyping up that I feel like I should talk about. Uh, and it's not really what I expected, which is fine, right? But it's not really, it doesn't really feel like a video game sometimes. It feels like this interactive environment experience, which is really cool. But I think I had this expectation of the game to be something completely different. So in me actually playing it, I felt very, um, not disappointed, but definitely just like, oh, this, this isn't what I was expecting, but okay. Uh, the first puzzle, I don't think this is a spoiler because this is the very first puzzle that you ever come across. It's this puzzle where you have to move one item across a wall, but you have to move everything out of the way, you know, strategically move things and get this from point A to point B, which is pretty, it was, it was a bit of a mind twister. Um, I know one of my coworkers couldn't get past that, which is fine because it was, it took a minute to understand that that's actually the thing you're supposed to be doing and that it operates the way that you think it's supposed to operate. So in Scorn being more of a cinematic experience, like taking that to, to heart, it doesn't really hold your hand, right? It doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get it just by exploring the environment, which it is an extremely cool environment, but really it's kind of frustrating to go around and around and around and around when you're realizing that, oh, I guess that thing is it, but I don't know how to do it. But just in case, let me go around again real quick. I probably spent like 15 minutes just making sure that the area I had already looked at uh, didn't have anything secret in it before I realized I had to go do that puzzle. Puzzle took me a good like 10, 15 extra minutes because I'm big dumb. <laughs> but as soon as I started actually just kind of looking at the puzzle and then progressing after that I finally figured out what I was supposed to do you lead from one point to another which is is, is great but it, it just took you so long just to get into the game and understand that the game is going to be operating a certain way right so I think for a lot of players there were a lot of voices of disappointment because this game isn't exactly what they wanted it to be but even with understanding that the game is kind of an experience of the environment and the world that has been built it's still one of those things where it's like not really well told I guess I think it's done well for a cinematic experience but I think the puzzles got a little bit tedious at some point I got to I want to act, say act two or three. I'm not entirely sure just because they're not like labeled as big acts or anything. Like there's literally nothing in the game that tells you you're at a certain point. I mean, I, I, I did most of the puzzles um, got very close to, I got to some combat, but not a lot. I got into like the beginning of combat, but I didn't get any of the extra guns or, or anything. Uh, and I, 
I know my boss was talking about, um, Destin was talking about the combat and how it felt kind of clunky. It didn't feel like it ran well. Um, and that the combat kind of took away from the game and then it was really frustrating. So that's what I hear. A lot of the main complaints that I hear about Scorn is that the combat is not it. Um, that the combat actually took them out of the game, which I can see because I feel like if you're going to be making your horror game, into more of like an experience for players to walk through and interact with the environment and stuff, you should really focus on that. And if you introduce combat for like halfway into the game, it's not really conducive to the storytelling elements, in my opinion. I feel like it's not entirely fun to have to switch up how you play. And then also, if that isn't done well, the switch from going into exploring and puzzle uh, solving to combat and puzzling, it... It gets to be a bit much. And I think that that's something that Scorn didn't really do well. I think it's an entire... Okay, it's going to be weird to say that I think that Scorn is a gorgeous game because it's gross looking. But I love that. I I wanted to like this game so badly. I genuinely really wanted to like it so much. I felt like the environment and the story, underlying story is so cool. You constantly have this feeling of awe and also the what the fuck is going on, which is probably what they wanted to invoke. And it's great. And... I honestly, I love, I love the the references to H.R. Geiger here. And I absolutely love the fact that this alien tech isn't like clean and like pure tech stuff. Like it's gross. It's fleshy. It's organic. And that's weird, right? And I feel like we don't see a lot of media kind of leaning into that gross, what, what would you call it? Flesh punk style? <laughs> Is that a style that's what it, it's literally it's flesh punk it's, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's gross it's gross i know but that's literally what it is it is flesh punk and they do it so well it's so cool like you have to fit your like you have to scorn is basically like you know those gross dreams that you have like those horror dreams where like you have to put your hand to something and then you know that your hand's gonna get cut off and stuff like that is the entire game personified like it's really cool and i love that i love the fact that they took so many risks with like the gross art style the weird creatures so when uh i got to interview um one of the artists the main artist the art director for scorn uh they mentioned that everything is hand drawn and then they have to bring that into the animation which is so fucking cool that is so much work i think the designs of this game are incredibly cool the atmosphere and environment are so good but the actual performance of the world and the story progression is just not what I expected. And I think that sucks because I really wanted to like it, but I have no desire to continue and play, um, which I feel like I should just to finish it because it is a short game, but I kind of don't want to i feel no desire to and i was so excited for this game i kept typing it up i kept talking about how gross it was um if i do play it would probably be just to enjoy the environment more than anything else like the sound the foley is great the the visuals are incredible but aside from that i my my excitement for the game is not there anymore just because it's been revealed to be something that I'm not actually into, which is okay. But I think a lot of people had the same sort of expectation that I did as well. So initially getting into the game, I'm just like, okay, it's a big heavy puzzle game. Okay, that's fine. Let's see where this goes. And in getting frustrated with the first puzzle, um, I think that just kind of 
led into the uh what is it called snowballing of how i felt about the game so i think if i approach the game again knowing that it is what it is it would probably i would probably enjoy it a little bit more but again the combat worries me because every single comment i've seen has said that combat has not played very well in scorn and it gets introduced halfway into the game which doesn't make sense to me i don't like when games do that so um online savage in chat says so basically it's a great game to look at but not to play Honestly, that's a really good way to play it, to, to put it. Um, I actually ended up looking at the ending of the story because I was like, I don't think I'm going to play this. So I watched someone else play the game. Um, and I'm, I won't spoil it for anyone who's still playing through it, wants to enjoy the story. Uh, but it is a little bit of a disappointing ending, which is fine. Not everything can be happy, right? I like that. I like when stories aren't like happy, but... I think just because of the expectations everyone had, and I think because of the way people expected it to play, the ending was just like an additional uh, cherry on top of the, well, that, that wasn't, that wasn't great. Um, uh, Sunday. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's not what people expected and it, it could have played better, but it is what it is. And um, w when we did talk to the art director, he did say that this is going to be a one and done thing, which is good. Uh, the wrapping of the story kind of makes sense once you reach the ending and you see it. So that's nice. But, um, you know, they said that they hope this does well, which I hope it does. I hope the right people like this um, so that they are able to do some more cool environmental storytelling things. But this time we'll like actually expect it to be that way. So it'd be really cool because again, the art talent is so cool. They did a fantastic job, but it's it's just not what I expected. And unfortunately, I didn't like it, um, which is weird because I thought I'd actually like it, especially with like Dead Space remake coming out, Callisto Protocol coming out. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get into scorn. It's going to be gross. It's going to lead to the charge of like weird, gross things. I'm going to play this month. And then I, I played it and I was like, oh, this <laughs> head scratcher. <laughs> but, you know, anyways. Gonna move on to Overwatch 2 and my thoughts on Overwatch 2. I wanna give myself a little bit more space on this because, whew, all right. Uh, so, was it yesterday? Two days ago? Yeah, I don't know. Yesterday, it, all the days are blending in. Um, I actually hurt my back while lifting yesterday. So, it was not yesterday, the day before. <laughs> um hurt my back so my my brain is in a bit of a haze it is recovering it seems to be doing okay i'm heat packing it icing it anyways um yeah because my my competition is next friday oh no so i'm scared this has to go away by then anyways trying not to get derailed here so overwatch 2 i played like six hours of it and it's fine <laughs> it's fine so i don't want to go off of anyone else's normal scales of like rating games or giving it a review because I feel like every single system has been done right like one to five doesn't feel like a scale of something out of five doesn't feel fair I'm just like I need more numbers than five to tell you how I feel about this game so let's do like a percentage I'm gonna go off of like a percentage of how fun it is right so first things first 5v5 in Overwatch 2 feels it's fine. It's whatever. I got over it. I got used to it. It's okay. It feels a little sweatier because it really depends on all of the damage that your DPS and now tank are going to do, which by the way, Zarya ruling the meta right now with her two bubbles that she gets is a lot. Now, obviously, yes, there are ways to combat her, but it doesn't feel like any way that you choose is great because again, her dual bubbles 
her being able to bubble so quickly one after another it adds up and you end up juicing the Zarya really, really quickly. And that kind of ends up steamrolling you and your team getting rolled over. So that kind of sucks. Um, obviously meta changes, there needs to be something done to keep the balance in this 5v5. And I feel like balancing the characters is gonna be even harder because 5v5, let me tell you, I had someone disconnect from a ranked match on our team and a 4v5, I definitely felt that. Like, yes, it was a DPS that disconnected, which it could have been the worst thing and a tank could have left. But that additional DPS being gone, you definitely felt that absence. It, it was just absolutely disgusting. It was awful. It was not fun. Like, you rely so much on each role now just because there is one less tank. So if you're not outputting the damage, if you're not protecting your healers, it doesn't matter how much healing they can do. I healed double the amount of the uh, healers on the opposite team, but still lost because our DPS just was not outputting the damage. So now damage rolls and tank rolls are way more important. And if you're fucking up, your entire team is going to feel it. So it makes you really, yes, it does make people realize, oh shit, I'm not as good as I thought I, I was. And it makes you realize that you need to practice a few things on DPS and tank if you're going to be those roles. But it's, it's just not super fun for like, let's say just normal ranked experience until you get into the actual rank system that you are supposed to be in. And it makes quick play, quick play also not fast, not, not fun. Um, there is non-roll queue now too, which is great for quick play and ranked, but that is a separate rank system and separate play system, which is, it's very annoying. <laughs> it's so i'm glad that it's gone so if you just want to play you can but i mean if you're doing that it means that also the people playing and rolling into that they don't give a fuck about the comp that you have they don't care about the team comp you have and there's no guarantee that they're actually going to stick to it so for me i do prefer having the actual role queue experience because at least you know those people are locked into playing that fucking role because <sighs> the amount of people in quick play who do not want to stick to the actual comp and win games and then bitch about it in team chat, it annoys me. And even same in like ranked open queue, it, it sucks. So for me, that's, that's kind of one of those things that's really frustrating. Um, it feels like you can't play Overwatch casually because you, you end up losing a lot of matches too just because it doesn't have that ranked rule of like, hey, you push the payload this far, you lost because you didn't make it to the end. Great, next match. And it's like, I would love to see an actual matchup of the other team to see how well we fare, which I genuinely thought with Overwatch 2, they would bring that system in. Yes, matches would be longer, but I mean, it would be way more fun and it wouldn't be as demoralizing as like, well, we didn't make it to the end. We got three seconds left. We know we're not gonna do it. Too sad, so bad. It, it, it sucks. I wanna see some sort of motivation for us to play. And it feels like casual play just isn't really thought about. So now, looking into ranked, if you do roll queue, your different roles have different fucking rank systems. So instead of having to play like 10 games before you get your queue, your, your role, or I'm sorry, sorry, your uh, rank down, you now have to either win seven games or lose 20, whichever one comes first. <sighs> That's a lot of games. And if you just lose 20 in a row, that is very demoralizing. Um, also, after you get your rank, your rank only resets, uh, sees the changes after you play seven matches in ranked after. So every seven matches is when your rank will adjust. I don't know about you, but 
I'm one of those people that has to see rank changes immediately. Apex does that really well. Like once you see, once you're done with a match, even if it's losing numbers or like by a little bit or moving up by one, I want to see that. You want to see that update. You want to be incentivized to either play better um, or realize, hey, whatever I'm doing, keep to that and that's fine, you know? But with no feedback, I mean, how are you supposed to really improve as a player or feel inclined to play? Because if you lose count after seven games, I mean, it's it's just really discouraging and you have no idea to keep up with it. So that part I don't really like. Um, again, I have yet to actually be placed because I got very confused. I was like, oh, cool. I definitely played more than 10 matches. Where's my little timeline thing? And then after switching off from tank to healer, I saw that first line come up out of the seven matches that you can win. And I was like, hey, for this role, you won your first match. I was like, oh my God, each one is different. I'm gonna have a different rank in support and tank, which I don't know how this works, but I feel like if you do rank in all of those, it should maybe reflect like an average of your performance all across the board and your highest and your lowest should just be like averaged. Uh, ranks I mean I don't know how it works but it's it's weird and I don't know if I like it because I realized I was like wait all those games that I played as a support that didn't count towards my tank progression I have to play them different now oh it's so frustrating and it feels like you just take turns especially with this 5v5 system you just take turns rolling like oh team kills on one side then the next team comes in then the team that respawns comes in team kills because they have their ultimates and it goes back and forth a lot. So it feels very uneven sometimes. Now, Kiriko just got added into comp um, and Torb is in comp as well now. So we'll see if that changes the balance. But I don't think so because Kiriko is a good DPS, but her heals are not very good. Her heals are honestly secondary to her kit and it's like it like we already have moira who thinks she's a dps which is even worse now with overwatch 2 like please please just give us a straight healer like i i truly enjoy playing mercy but i mean if i don't have an additional healer with so much dps now being handed out even by the healers in 5v5 matches it's just if you're not putting out the damage you're gonna fucking lose and so and you're constantly having to re uh, reheal from all that damage that's being put out from the opposite team. It is hard work for a healer. Support is so much more stressful now. And it, it's just so weird. I, I'm trying, I'm, I've actually found myself more inclined to play as a tank because I'm realizing that that has more longevity to it. And um, healer's jobs are so much harder now because you really need to be paying attention to how much damage your team is taking. But even if you do heal your heart out, Sometimes it doesn't matter because your DPS just sucks ass. <laughs> but until you get those seven wins or 20 losses, you can't get put into the right rank where people may or may not care about playing properly. It's wild because I can't tell you how many people in ranked have quit mid-match and left us with mid like 4v5, 3v5. I even saw a 2v5 once. Stop doing that. If you're queuing into ranked, just see it through. Yeah, it sucks that you lose, but you're losing anyways by leaving. Please stop. Like, the 5v2 felt bad. It felt so bad. I was on this five stack. I was on the, well, not five stack, but I was on the team with five people, and there were only two 
enemy teams and we're team members and we're just like well i mean what are we gonna we just sat and waved hello hi emoted you know and i was just like this this sucks the, over overwatch 2 it's just overwatch 1 but like just caught up to the present <laughs> and don't even get me started on the battle pass that battle pass has confused so many people and it feels really really unfair to lock a character behind what level 55 of the battle pass that's i feel like that's not fair i feel like if you play the game enough you should be able to rack up some points in-game points in order to unlock the character right kind of like how apex does it and even even call of duty like warzone does that right that makes so much more sense than being like hey if you buy this prestige level then you get her right away but also, if not, you can just grind to level 55 and get her. That is so much playing. And no, it's, it's not worth it. Having played Kiriko, she's not worth it, first of all. Let me let me be very, like, that's my honest opinion. She's not worth it. I feel like she's not a great healer. And if you are healing with her, I just automatically count you as a fucking DPS who's going to do nothing for the team. Um, and I, I don't know, just locking heroes behind a battle pass is a very weird call. Apex doesn't do that. Apex Mobile doesn't do that. Warzone doesn't do that. I mean, like, yes, you can buy them outright, which is always an option, which you could, you should have as an option, but also the option to earn them, whether it takes a little bit longer in game should be a thing. So I don't understand why they don't have that. Um, battle pass, the items they have in there, I guess it's okay. Voice lines are cool. Um, I don't know, they have these souvenirs now, which is like the equivalent of like Fortnite stickers when you like, you know, do emote and it brings it up and like there's a little souvenir now. So that's that's the Overwatch souvenir thing. Um, there are gun charms, which I don't really give a shit about. Uh, there are hero skins, which I like, but, you know, I'm not going to grunge the battle pass. Uh, but now you see this clutter of unnecessary cosmetics in the battle pass because they needed to fill this free-to-play model with pointless shit that you don't need but also bury it with things that you do want which i often do criticize the apex battle pass for having just shitty reskins that are blue or white tier stuff and i get it you gotta fill in the good with some sprinkles of like average stuff i get it recolors are fine but also you see a lot of stuff now like i in overwatch have you ever thought of needing a gun charm or a souvenir where you just open your palm and a little like i don't know mini bastion pops up or something no i we're, we're gonna be seeing a lot of cosmetic bloats and it's gonna be kind of sucky so i don't know yeah so I, I agree that the Fortnite Battle Pass is pretty good. Their new tiered system is a little weird and I don't completely understand it, but it's whatever. I I do think that they have the greatest mashups and they have the greatest uh, combinations of skins and items that you can earn because they actually do really cool collaborations, which no one else has ever done, really. But that's that's not the point. Like... I just think that Overwatch didn't need that system, but also maybe it did. <laughs> maybe it did, but it's just a little too late in switching over and they didn't do it well. Um, I mean, yeah, like it being free to play, cool, great. But a lot of people aren't going to have 
all of the heroes unlocked. So in order for you to unlock them, you're going to have to grind a lot or just pay money. Um, so yeah, it sucks. Like, sure. Overwatch going free to play. Awesome. You can play with friends, people who haven't played before. Awesome. It's basically the same game, just with more maps, more heroes, more cosmetics you're not going to need. But the battle pass could have been done a lot better. I feel like they didn't fully take into account the actual economy of how battle passes are right now like even just look at apex they do a good job right like there are specific things to the prestige battle pass like you get three 30 tiers immediately and then you get special skins that you would only get if you got that prestige pass so nothing that you need right nothing you need nothing you can't get free except for those three skins that are exclusive to that but Locking the character, the new hero behind the prestige pass, feels a little weird. Feels a little weird. Um, cosmetics are okay. Some of the skins are okay. The new, like, customizable Genji skin is pretty cool. But aside from that, I'm like, it's, it's a pretty weak battle pass that I probably will not grind. And I don't feel any inclination to grinding. I somehow have it, maybe because I did the early access stuff. But I have no motivation to finish it. None. So let's talk about, okay, so community is the same as Overwatch 1. Same old toxic, shitty community. Oh my goodness. And it got worse with 5v5 because now everyone's role is so much more specifically needed. So in terms of fun, I'd say it's like 75% fun. If I don't have anything else to play and I just want to warm up or just fuck around, sure, I'll play it, right? It's free. Free is in my wallet's pay range. <laughs> Just kidding. But it feels like nothing really changed. Uh, and the community is still pretty fucking toxic, which is gross. So 75% fun. All right. 75% fun. Um, not going to lie. It makes me feel good to have a lot of the Overwatch skins, Overwatch 1 skins that are now rare. Because uh, now I can lord those over the new players that came in. But that's a very small person. That's like 2%. Nice. Plus. Plus 2%. Um, the ranked system feels bad. It just feels tedious. Um, I know that a lot of people have been into grinding ranked right now. Which is good. I mean it's it's a new game. It's out. Like it, it, It's a different game to play. But. The ranked system just doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel like it has a good longevity uh, to it. It feels so tedious. It feels so tedious. Especially since you have to wait after seven games to see your rank even change. Uh-uh. So, yeah, God, dude, I don't know. I 80% is pushing it. 80% fun and worth playing is pushing it for me. I'd say it's 75%. 75% on the 100-point scale. 75. 75% fun and worth playing. It is free, which is why I got that extra 5%. So, yeah. 75% uh, Stella would play again. There you go. That's my Overwatch 2 score. <laughs> like, I'll play it, but I'll mostly just play it to, like, fuck around and not focus because that's overwatch is the one game that i can like really listen to music and just kind of relax and whatever um also fuck blizzard 
<laughs> I, I know a lot of cool devs spent their life and soul and in, in, poured it into making Overwatch 2, and I appreciate you, but also just fuck Blizzard, because Blizzard is a terrible company. They're still figuring out their lawsuit, and more has come out, um, which I, you know what, if the, that news is still popping, we can talk about next week as well, but yeah. Yes, exactly. Ivan in chat says, 75% play couple games until I can't handle it and my anger takes over. Exactly! 75%. Uh-huh. I feel like 75% is pretty good because I was thinking about it. I was like, no, I'll still play it. But I was like, you know, I'll play a lot of things. 80% is pushing it and it's being too generous. 75% is just right. It's like just above the 60 I was going to give it. <laughs> yeah online savage says 75 percent is generous really i give it 60 tops yeah yeah you know i well see here's the thing i'll still play it i'm sure i will enjoy it with friends so i think the i think the 70 percent the five percent is because like i'll play it, it it like i'll fuck around in it the 70 percent, i'm just like you know if i play with friends we'll have fun we'll talk it's a good like talking and not pay attention and not give a fuck game right because you just shoot stuff or like if i'm playing mercy i just left click and shift fly everywhere you know what i mean so it's one of those like nice just catch up and talk over games but also get a little bit heated because you're still competitive at a heart thing so 75 percent is good 75 percent with friends 60 percent alone that's a good scoring for me i'm happy with that yeah i'm good with that that is the official thing yes Yes, 75% with friends, 60% solo queue, which is what I did on Sunday all day. Oh my God, I have never hated myself more. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's my official scoring. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of like this percentage scale that I've got going for uh, for games. This is nice, this is nice. It's it's. I feel like it's a little different. Rotten Tomatoes kind of does that sort of thing, but I don't think I've really seen it a lot for games. Um. So I, th I think I'll be sticking to that for games. I think for like other stuff like peripherals or like clothing, I'll stick to the 10 point scale. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is fine. I think percentage is good. Yeah. So anyways, that was the two big things that I wanted to talk about this week. Hopefully there's more news next week. I mean, oh, shoot. You know what? Yeah. Next week, we're going to have a lot more news to talk about because uh, Modern Warfare's campaign drops. Woo. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So also, real quick, I wanted to point out that this weekend I will be um, a guest analyst on Rewired's Festival, which has the Monster Apex Legends tournament on Friday and Saturday. Friday, it starts at 3 p.m. PST, and Saturday, it starts at 1 p.m. PST. So very excited. I'm going to be a guest analyst on that. Um, also, my friend is coming in from out of town, so we might do like a pumpkin painting stream. Because screw carving, because that's a lot of work and it's gross. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think next time we'll, we'll definitely be talking about Modern Warfare's campaign. Um, we'll be talking about, ooh, ooh, I wonder if I can talk about certain things. Oh, I don't think I can. Okay. But, uh, really cool stuff coming up that I can definitely talk about soon, <laughs> soon TM, but not just yet. So yeah. So for episode four, we will have Modern Warfare to talk about and whatever else big news comes out of that. So thank you for joining for episode three and I'll see you next week.